Welcome to Recovering My Inner Child. My name is Kowan Saluja. Our first reading comes from Melody Beatty's The Language of Letting Go and the topic, Attitudes Toward Money. Sometimes our life history may be so full of pain that we think it totally unfair that we have to grow up now and be financially responsible for ourselves. You know, the challenge was financial, but it was more emotional. Uh, and that is what I'm working on. I think thanks to the rooms, uh, that responsibility in the first is happening with help. The feeling is understandable. The attitude is not healthy. Understandable, but not healthy like that. Many people in recovery may believe that certain people in particular in life in general owes them a living after what they've been through, right? Like, I think there was a degree of wanting a, you know, safe work environment after, you know, being pretty unsafe in high school and um, obviously in, in the house that I've been growing up in. To feel good about ourselves, to find the emotional peace and freedom we're seeking in recovery, we need healthy boundaries about money, what we give to others, and what we allow ourselves to receive from others. Do, feel, do we feel that others owe us money because we cannot take care of ourselves? Do we believe that others owe us because we do not have as much money as they do? Do we consciously or subconsciously believe that they owe us because of emotional pain we suffered as a result of our relationship with them or another person? Punitive damages are awarded in court, but not in recovery. Unhealthy boundaries about what we allow ourselves to receive from others will not lead to healthy relationships with others or ourselves. I think for those in deprivation, though, the only, the only answer is pretty straightforward is thank you. Test by looking within. The key is our attitude. The issue is boundaries about receiving money. Become willing to meet the challenge of taking responsibility for yourself. Today, I will strive for clear, healthy boundaries about receiving money from others. As part of my recovery, I will take a hard look at my financial history and examine whether I've taken money that may not reflect good boundaries. If I uncover some incidents that reflect less than an attitude of healthy self-responsibility, I will become willing to make amends and develop a reasonable plan to do that. The next reading also comes, yeah, but not a huge fan of that last reading, um, the next fan, uh, reading also comes from Language of Letting Go, topic, vulnerability. I've learned that the more vulnerable I allow myself to be, the more in control of myself I, I really am, anonymous. Um, yeah, and I think vulnerability allows me permission to be who I am and then to find out what I want. Uh, I remember very frequently, and as, as late as a week ago, I was having this issue with, my, uh, with someone and my friend, I said, what do you want? And I really didn't know. It's hard to be vulnerable without getting that clarity. Many of us feel that, and the, I think the other thing with uh, you know time and living in a dysfunctional family is just like things had to take a long time. And I think there's a fractured relationship with time. Back to the reading. Many of us feel that we can only show our strong, confident side. We believe the face we have to show to the world should always be one of politeness, perfection, calm, strength, and control. While it is certainly good and often appropriate to be in control, calm and strong, there's another side of us, that part of us that feels needy, becomes frightened, has doubts, and gets angry. You know, that inner child. Gotta allow that part to come out and reassure. The part of us that needs care, self-care, love, and reassurance, those things will be okay. Expressing these needs makes us vulnerable and less than perfect. But this side needs our acceptance too. Allowing ourselves to be vulnerable will help us build lasting relationships. 
Sharing our vulnerabilities helps us feel close to people and helps others feel close to us. It helps us grow in self-love and self-acceptance. It helps us become healing agents. It allows us to become the whole and accessible to others. Today, I will allow myself to be vulnerable with others when it is safe and appropriate to do so. The next reading comes from ACA, Strengthening My Recovery, the topic, Tolerating Pain. Pain. The level of pain that adult children can tolerate without admitting they have hit a bottom is astonishing. Yeah, I can see that physically, emotionally. Um, you know, I think asking for help is not the same as just, you know, a tool in one of my programs is just communicating where you are. Back to the reading. We learn, this is great. I love ACA. We learn to live with pain as children and continue to do so as adults. When faced with the pain of toxic relationships, we slip into survival mode to avoid the uncertainty of change. We know that our lives are in chaos, that we accept the unacceptable from the people around us, and that we have no reason to expect tomorrow to be better. Yet we trudge through each day, often with the pain so deep it feels out of reach. Everyone who's walked into ACA has felt the apprehension that comes with change. Often, fear of change is so strong that we can still convince ourselves that things aren't that bad. We're all creatures of habit, even when those habits are harmful to us. ACA, even when those harmful ha when those habits are harmful to us. I think that's why the Andrew Huberman podcast and the book Atomic Habits are one of the two most you know important non you know I guess twelve step or non let's say recovery related material out there. And I think what recovery has shown is I can change my habits through, you know, prayer, doing my part, you know, asking for help. And what Atomic Habits shows is how to change those habits quicker. And what I like about the Andrew Huberman podcast is the dopamine and addressing your dopamine. And especially I think it's uh, picking the chooses of dopamine carefully because I think those were the cravings that emerged as you know safety comp you know mechanisms that became familiar everyone who has walked into ACA has felt the apprehension that comes with change often fear of change is so strong that we can still convince ourselves that things aren't that bad we're all creatures of habit even when those habits are harmful to us ACA is the first step in saving our our lives are out of control and we need help the question is, do we want to live a life that isn't that bad, or do we have the faith in our higher power, in our program, and in ourselves to overcome the fear of change? We do not have to do this alone. Our fellow travelers are more than willing to take the journey with us. On this day, I will reach out my hand to end the cycle of pain, and know there will be someone there to hold on to. Love that. On this day, I will reach out my hand to end the cycle of pain, and know there will be someone there to hold on to. And the final reading also comes from ACA Strengthening My Recovery. Man, these topics are dynamite. Spiritual, not religious. In ACA, we take a spiritual and not religious approach to healing the effects of being raised in a dysfunctional home. You know, I think that was kind of turning away, you know, because the religious approach on some level just wasn't working. I mean, I saw that it wasn't working. And, you know, I, having recently completed the Hoffman process, I think, you know, self-loves, uh, you know, one of the more powerful things in Bob Hoffman's book was, you know, sometimes people try to overemphasize the intellect to develop self-love and other times people attempt to over, you know, identify with the religious. And that is spiritual bypass. 
Back to the readings. The writers of the 12 steps knew that even though we claim to be spiritual, the use of the word God could be controversial. When we hear the word God in our meetings, some of us feel comforted. And some of us experience negativity and sadness. No matter what our reaction, it is important for us to remember that in ACA, we unite around a spiritual foundation that allows us to believe what we choose. A spiritual self. Many of us grew up knowing a loving, supporting God, and many of us grew up with a punishing God. No matter what beliefs we had in childhood, we often found a different understanding as adults. In many cases, we continue to search for a path that feels comfortable. Spiritual, not religious, means that our fellowship recognizes that there are many belief systems, and the cloak of spirituality allows us to be equals in our recovery. No one of us knows the right answer for anyone else. There is no one right way to behave, and we respect each other's differences, even while we unconditionally support each other. On this day, while I seek to strengthen my spiritual belief, I practice tolerance for beliefs that differ from not mine. And that concludes today's readings for strengthening my recovery. Till next time, this is Kowan Saluja reminding myself to get in touch with my spiritual self, to thank my body, to thank my emotional child, my emotional self, and to thank my intellect, and to watch out for the dark side.